great. Thank you for giving me your time and showing up in the DMs because I know uh, you have so many things uh, going on and I did not honestly expect it. And that's why I saw that, uh, uh, that tweet that you had about that very beautiful chart about uh, luck surface area, increasing that. And uh, I remember seeing that somewhere before as well. And what you have uh, done, you have, you have uh, sketched it, right? The one that you shared? This is mine. This is my theory. Yeah. And it's super interesting, like how all the dots are there and how you can connect it. Uh, and the first thing that came to my mind was like, why not we uh, just, you know, discuss more into detail. And so I have read your uh, thoughts around different areas uh, that are there and not just uh, this chart, but sure, this is uh, something that I, I, I was fascinated by as well. But I have read the, your thoughts uh, about the, you know, how they are contrary to a lot of popular opinions. So one of them being why building an audience and is not that good instead of, you know, building it and where building a business is better than building an audience. The main thing was that how you have these thoughts and how you put emphasis on the other parts of the stories or say popular opinions. And it's also, it's always fascinating to entertain these different perspectives, which are not related to what majority agrees with so yeah it's a it's a blessing and a curse to be honest at the same time i mean it obviously makes for for great content sometimes <laughs> i mean sure. um it's it can help and it can also help to discover all kinds of opportunities but also it means makes you kind of a yeah not very agreeable person <laughs> and but that's okay you don't have to be an agreeable person all the time right it's a someone, spectrum. Yeah, it's a spectrum. Has, so <laughs> at least someone has to tell the other part of the story, right? If not you, someone has to bring up the points and make sure that everyone gets to see both sides of the stories. And then they have to make the choice, like what they are going to do, because it's not always that if there is a one way to do a certain thing, that's the only way there. There are thousands of ways a certain milestone can be achieved so agreed yeah yeah no what i what i what i what i meant is um that when i was a bit younger i was really um yeah a lot more contrarian let's put it that way my natural instinct is to say to everything that's bs (laughs) and that's not very healthy right this is not healthy and um it's 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 um i became better at it like <laughs> exploring really both sides not just always the opposite side which isn't very smart because the thing about contrarian opinions is that they are usually wrong because there is a reason the mainstream re- um, opinion is the mainstream opinion it is usually right and the whole contrarian thing lies on the relies on the fact that when you win you win big right that's that's the hope <laughs> Okay, so is it something that you feel that your primary instinct is to always disagree disagree with someone and then come up with the reason why are you disagreeing? Is it something like that? Or do you yeah, actually... It, 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 it definitely was that way. when, Like I said, when I was younger, it definitely was like that. And I still have the natural tendency to 
to always explore the opposite end of the, the, the spectrum first. So when someone says A, I explore what Z means, right? And um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, as, I, as I got older, I really learned to, to, um, to catch myself when I do this. And it's, then it actually becomes a useful habit, right? If you are actually able to manage this and it's not just a um, pure instinct and you're doing it for the sake of being contrarian, right? And as you said, okay, you're just contrarian and then you come up with all kinds of reasons why the contrarian take is correct, this is not good, right? But if you have the ability to see that there are alternatives to what everyone believes, and then I will to actually evaluate it from a somewhat ob objective perspective, that is cool, that is valuable, yeah. Jacob, I like how we have just dived into these stuff and the details. Uh, even before we had an introduction and we talked about who are you and what's your background. Yeah, uh, that's that's always boring, right? No one, no one cares. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and the one goal, so one aim I have with doing these uh, conversations with people is to just get started and have real conversations, right? Not have some, um, you know, a pattern where we are following. But just for the context purposes, I would like to know, like. Um, what are you up to these days uh, and say with your businesses uh, or whatever that's going on? Um, and if you have a full time or, you know, writing for your new newsletter is something that you're doing full time. Yeah, I'm it's, it's hard to describe, though. I, I don't think there's a really good label for it, but um, I got a PhD in physics actually two years ago and then decided that I'm gonna try the whole entrepreneur thing, the online creator, whatever you wanna call it. And I've launched all kinds of different businesses and a few of them turned out to be successful. I sold some, um, others I'm still running. And yeah, as you said, I'm writing a newsletter, actually a few, <laughs> a few different ones. And one of them is my personal one where I really just it's my creative outlet and I explore all kinds of yeah, ideas freely. And this is where usually the contrarian stuff <laughs> gets published. And I also have other newsletters that are more, more mainstream, but laser focused on specific problems and yeah, not, not, not just wild experiments. And um, in terms of businesses, I run under the radar, which is um, trends, trend signals as a service website. I run Enrich My List, which helps newsletter writers find the most interesting subscribers on their list. Um, and these are, yeah, I would say my main, my, my main areas of focus right now. I also run a newsletter spy, which um, yeah, helps people find interesting newsletters to collaborate with or book ads in. But that's, that's, basically it i have a few smaller ones that don't make much money so <laughs> not uh, yeah really worth talking about but there, but there is so much on your plate right and can you say or do you think you are in a position that uh, you are okay with running all these experiments as in are they enough for your normal lifestyle uh, to go easily yeah. without having a job or anything like that yeah yeah absolutely they in the the whole online creator thing is self um, is sustainable for me. 
And actually, when I first started two years ago, I, I, yeah, it really started as an experiment. And I said to myself, okay, 12 months, I'm going to try it. I saved some money and let's see, right? And I was ready to lose it all because it was an experiment and whatever. Um, but yeah, actually, um, I made a profit <laughs> in my in the first year and actually was able to pay for my living and expenses. So this is cool. Um, and I hope that it continues. And you enjoy doing all of this? Oh, yes, I do. That's great because that's the end goal, right? That not only you are sustaining yourself, but also enjoying uh, what you are doing. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the whole point of it, right? If, yeah. I, <laughs> if it was just about making, making money, I could also get a job or whatever. And probably honestly would make more money. So in terms of job offers I had and yeah, no interest. <laughs> I want to explore my own ideas and I'm happy if there are ups and downs and there are periods where I'm not earning that much money because to be honest, I don't care much about money, right? Just, I don't know. You can see it. My apartment is okay. <laughs> I, I'm actually living in a very expensive country. I live in Denmark, which is one of the most expensive countries okay. in the world. Um, but still, I mean, you know, that's the thing. Um, if, if you don't spend money on stupid stuff, it actually doesn't matter where you live because, I mean, food is affordable and rent is affordable in most places and you don't need that much money. Yeah, I mean, you don't need like tens of thousands of dollars, whatever, right, to, um, to, pay, to pay the bills, right? Unless you have some crazy hobbies or lifestyle. So what... So based on all of this that you said that it, it, it's dependent on what are your requirements and on what's the bare minimum required to live, who do you associate yourself as? A minimalist person who lives on a, who doesn't, is, or say, who is not motivated by um, materialistic things or, so do you see yourself as a minimalist person or do you have some... No. Um, you know, I, a few years years ago, there was this whole minimalist hype thing and everyone was a minimalist online and then was living out of their backpacks. They were publishing this list. I have just 60 things, whatever. No, I always thought this is BS. And yeah, you can see it now. Again, contrarian, I know, but <laughs> um, it, it turned out to be true because this is not sustainable. And now everyone, everyone of these minimalists, except for like the, the mega stars who can't admit it are back to a normal lifestyle and they own stupid stuff like i don't know a, a nice coffee maker and stuff because stuff is actually nice turns out who would have thought <laughs> and of course there is some truth to the whole idea that uh, if you own too much stuff it starts owning you and whatever but um, no i'm not like hardcore minimalist it's just that i care less about certain things right and obviously i am able to enjoy nice stuff I, uh, being able to make a nice coffee at home having a nice tv whatever a nice table um but again you you don't need to spend crazy money on it and there are obviously stupid purchases you can make and like like um the classic example a boat or whatever a car uh, probably where you just keep um, keep spending a lot of money but most other things are really not that expensive. And um, yeah, if, it's always a trade-off, right? Between money and stuff and your freedom. And um, I'm just, yeah, not into 
a lot of the stuff people are into. So this kind of makes me a minimalist, minimalist, but not like hardcore. So I think you are the kind of person who doesn't necessarily compromise on things and you have the need versus want debate sorted in your mind that you clearly know when there are needs and when there are wants or say desires. And then you do not compromise if you see that this is a good investment, even if it's not a need, but it's still going, it's, it's still going to benefit you. Yeah, I agreed. Great. So uh, I was, uh, I, I remember reading this line in your uh, personal website and it's, it starts with you study people and organization. Now I understand the part about organization, but I'm more curious about reading people because as someone who writes a newsletter on psychology, I'm curious on what are your ways or how do you approach reading people? Do you focus on their social media presence or do you go beyond that? What exactly do you mean when you say you study people? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a crazy and very messy process. Um, but I think the first and most important rule is to actually study what people do, not what, not what they say, um, because this is what you see everywhere. Um, once you've, yeah, um, once you've been in the whole whatever self-development, making money, business, whatever, probably any field, right? And obviously, a few fields are, um, there are more BS artists, and in others there are less, but. In general, you quickly find out that, that probably 99% of all people that are preaching, that are really at the top, that get a lot of visibility, are actually not practicing what they preach. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of crazy, but it also kind of makes sense. And I mean, it starts if, you, if, you're, looking, if you're looking at the fitness industry, for example, right? This is like my prototypical example. The people don't use uh, training plans they are selling right the fitness influencers whatever and even and even if they would sell their real training planes they wouldn't be useful to you because if you're actually taking steroids for example um you have to train very differently and then um when you don't and so this is what this is just one example where you really have to look at what people do. And obviously this is very hard, right? How do you actually <laughs> determine that? But um, you can sometimes reverse engineer stuff. And um, luckily fitness is not my, my field. And in online business, you can um, much better study what people actually do, at least sometimes and piece things together. And yeah, this is what I'm very interested in and love doing um really looking at what people say and then what they really do digging a bit um, under the surface seeing under the surface what's really going on and using all kinds of tools to reverse engineer how do they actually drive traffic and um they say they do it this way but actually if you if you try it yourself you quickly find out no this can't be the case and doing all, all kinds of experiments i think this is fun so is it, is it more the case of how people are doing it rather than what business uh, they are building? Is it, uh, which one would you say you are inclined more towards? Looking at person, how they are doing it or what they are doing it or more towards what product is being built? What's the niche that it's targeting? What problem is it solving? 
Um, sometimes both, but um, I think um, the first the first thing you mentioned is more interesting usually because yeah, it's actually one of the best, in my opinion, approaches is to study what what's working um, for other people and then just applying it in a different way or in a different industry, a different field. Because if you try to build everything from scratch, you're screwed. Your odds are so low to actually find a winning combination right there. Um, I, I don't know if you saw this, but in uh, a recent newsletter, I told a story that I was at a startup event locally here. Mm-hmm. And when at the end of it, I was I wanted to drive back with my bike and actually I couldn't open my lock. <laughs> and I don't know, I still don't know what went wrong, but I think my theory is that I ex- accidentally um, changed uh, the combination on the number lock, right? And then I had no idea what the correct combination was anymore. So I, I was sitting there and just going through the numbers, right? Just brute right. force approach, trying to find the new combination. And this kind of reminded me then of um, the whole idea of building businesses because there are so many moving parts and you need to get them right. And there are um, not that many winning combinations and the moving parts are um, really your offer. How do you get traffic? How do you convert it? And um, if you try to do it, if you try to invent something completely new from scratch and um, also explore distribution channels for this kind of offer no one has ever explored before i mean okay cool cool good for you but um don't don't expect to find success anytime soon it's much better in my opinion to yeah use like a proven playbook and then just um adapting it to your use case and obviously there are there are no guarantees right Uh, sometimes it still doesn't work out but the odds are so much better if you're um starting for example um Take, take a newsletter, right? You want to grow your newsletter. Obviously, you can try to come up with a completely new format, write about a new niche, and then um, come up with all kinds of new distribution strategies, also the copy on your website, whatever. Or you could, could just take um, like a winning formula that already someone is using, right? And you just copy it, right? But you apply it to a different industry. And boom, <laughs> the odds are so, so much higher. And um, one of my favorite examples of this right now is um, what Chan Puri did with the Milk Road. Are you familiar with the Milk Road newsletter? It's a crypto yep. newsletter and they grew to 150,000 subscribers or something, some crazy number within six months. And the way he did it is he simply copied um, or he simply took the playbook um, his friend Sampar used to grow the hustle, right? And uh, this is not some kind of conspiracy theory, whatever. This is true. He told, he's telling the story himself, right? He, he's just using the exact same playbook. Even if you look at a Twitter account, even down to the bio of the Twitter account, it's the bio the hustle used a few few years ago. And obviously, yeah, he he if if, if he knows the winning combination, why use anything else? And at least you can try if it works for your new new uh, new niche. And um, the only thing he changed about it is obviously the hustle is a business newsletter and his is a crypto newsletter, but everything else is the same. <laughs> but so are you saying that the formula that he used and say if there is, let's say we derive a formula based on someone else's, some other product's success, can we use that same formula and is it necessarily going to work for another product 
in another niche is it always going to happen what no, are the odds not. there there yeah, there there are no guarantees right and um everything in the real in, in the real world is a game of of chance right but um all i'm saying is that this is in my opinion the best way to stack the odds in your favor because of course you can try to um, invent something completely new right assemble all these puzzle pieces yourself and try to find something but um the odds in my opinion are so much higher if you are just doing what Sean did in this example and a lot of people if you study successful founders and um especially second time founders in my opinion that's the big secret right i don't know if, if you know that is but and um, like the success chances of second time founders is so much higher um and if you actually look at what they do um it's usually they 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 copy a lot more freely so on the first try first time founders try to be very creative and bring completely new things into the world and um older a bit older more experienced founder usually just use a winning formula and apply it in a slight is slightly different way and this is not about like building a copycat right it's it's um like like uh, the milk road is not a competitor at all to the hustle i mean both are newsletters and they're kind of competing for um people's attention but it's in the okay then netflix is also a competitor whatever right <laughs> and this is kind of silly but um True. there are so many newsletters right but now since we are talking about odds and all this stuff let's go back to uh, the point where we started this conversation and that is the lux office area uh today only i think you might have seen it also uh, there was an image an excerpt of article shared by peter levels from nomad list and it's about an article which says the same thing which is centered around uh the similar concept already that the more you do something publicly the more are the odds of your success uh in those regards and exactly and just just a little little tidbit here so um what he's using in what he's referencing in his article and the post he shared um is like this very simplistic model right and he's he's um he's talking about uh, it's 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 very basic it's basically just do and tell right you increase right. your luck surface area by doing more and talking more about it this is it and this is like a um yeah a, a very simple model and i kind of extended it because in my opinion this there's more to the story and um which is yeah something something i explored a bit deeper in which is why i draw this um diagram and if you can if you if you look at the diagram right i have these two axes outer inner passive active Yep. and the um i mean obviously hustle is what is one of these areas where you can where you can uh, where you can work on and this is the more you do and the more you talk about it obviously this increases your luck surface area no doubt right uh, this is 100% true but at the same time and um, there are other things you can do for example moving to a new location right is a very basic example if you live in one of these tech hotspots or depending on whatever you're interested in um you just automatically in immediately increase the odds of meeting interesting people just by moving to a new location right and you definitely increase your luck surface area compared to when you're living in in the middle of nowhere and this is what i what, what i categorize under the setup 
um, label in the in the chart. Um, and the same is also true online, right? You can also improve your setup online. So these are not necessarily things you actually act actively do every day. This is not hustle, right? You're not sending DMs, posting on Twitter, whatever. Um, these are more, yeah, these are, um, the setup is really the only way I can put it. You're improving your setup so more opportunities can find you. So when you hustle, you actively, actively go out and try to drum up, um, make some noise, so um, and then actively find these opportunities by sending DMs and whatever. Whereas um, if you work on your setup, you make it easier for opportunities to find you. And these can be very simple things like just, I, I did this recently and I I just added to my Twitter bio DMs welcome, right? And suddenly I'm getting so much, so much more um, DMs. And even a level be, um, before that is just opening your DMs. And I, I think it's always crazy when people have their DMs closed. I mean, what are you doing on Twitter? <laughs> if, you're, if you don't want to talk to people, then this is the wrong place and you won't get anything out of it, I'm pretty sure. And just, I mean, I'm also always amazed when people don't have their email address easily available. I mean, okay, yeah, maybe you don't want that opportunities find you. That's cool. But if you have any interest in cool stuff coming your way, then don't make it so hard. <laughs> don't hide your email address. And obviously, yes, if you are super famous, this can get annoying. But again, then you can have systems in place and whatever. You can afford to pay someone to go through emails. Even then, I mean, you're missing out on a lot of stuff by hiding your email addresses. And these are, again, like um, what... What the guy in the post talks about is this old model. I forgot who, who first came up with this, the Lux Surface model. And Swix, this is all about how- Sean, are you talking about Sean, uh, whose uh, Twitter handle is at Swix? Uh, he also shared once about increasing- Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's not the original guy. Someone else okay. came up with it. Um, and I, I, But it's in the post. He, he actually links to it. Um, the first guy who came up with this simple Lux Surface area model. Um, which, is, which is just um, do and tell. And okay, this is hustle. And this is one area and another area, which is something I just talked about is your setup. But um, I think there's even more to the story because this is really just what you can do in the outer world, world kind of. And there's also stuff like in the inner world and um, what's going on in your mind is just as important, um, if not more, right? And um, the idea here just... To give, give another example, uh, something I like to um, talk about is if you're working in your parents' basement, right? right. And you're just uh, in your boxers, in your pajamas, whatever, in, in, in your parents' basement. And then someone comes with an brings an amazing opportunity, uh, an amazing opportunity comes your way, you see something then in my opinion, the odds that you actually will be able to, to capture it and do something with it and take advantage of it are so much lower because you feel like you don't deserve it, kind of. And um, yeah, the, the, the correct term is self-sabotage, right? And I, right. <laughs> I, I know this from experience and I've done it so many times. I've self-sabotaged. I, I had re really the most incredible opportunities coming my way and I said no. And now with some with some distance right um between the advance and uh, and now i can see how stupid that was and it was just self-sabotage because i felt like i didn't deserve it and in this sense yeah i definitely can i think you definitely can increase your luck surface area by improving i hate that word mindset right 
and you can improve your mindset by improving your environment by working from a nice office for example by um wearing nice clothes um but yeah just just yeah working on the whole self self sabotage thing which is another thing in my opinion that gets overlooked um by this simplistic model which which is only do and tell right so based on all of this and the research that we have done around increasing your luck surface area by not self sabotaging yourself and making sure that you are open to opportunities uh, which also re- uh, sort of reminds me if i have to uh, if my dms are closed or not because i'm not sure so i will also make sure that uh, but yeah based on all of this if tomorrow you have to start another project or another product how will you approach it um because now you yeah. have a lot more context on increasing the odds of success with it right yeah right i i i will i would do and this is what i will do um is um what i talked about before is really just using a playbook um that i know is working and more than that i understand it right and i'm just using that and applying it in a different in a different field and um i can actually give a concrete example because this is something i'm exploring right now sure um you know you you probably know starter story right yes and it's one of these indie maker uh, success stories petwalls uh, cool guy uh, started it and um I'm currently exploring the idea of doing the same thing for newsletters. You know, the whole thing about starter story is interviewing people on how they started, grew their new and uh, their, their businesses, what tools are they using, what advice do they have, whatever. And I'm exploring doing the same thing for newsletters. Um just doing interviews with people to learn how they built and grew their newsletters and I mean this ties per- ties in perfectly and um, to what I talked about before because this is um one of the main motivations for doing this is that I'm super interested in this right I love learning about how people grow and operate their newsletters because it's a space I'm interested in I know you're also interested in right and then if you can actually read and learn how other people successfully uh, got got their first 1000 subscribers their first 10000 subscribers this is so super interesting i love reading this but it's there are yeah they are scattered there are some case studies and stuff you can find but most of it is outdated and a lot of it is not applicable because um there are not enough or it's yeah it's a few years ago or whatever it's not relevant to your current situation so i'm going to try it right why not and i understand uh, i think i understand pat's playbook for a starter story and again i understand it um below the surface i think at least i understand what's going on <laughs> so i understand more about it than most people even though pat shares a lot um but not maybe not everything there are a few cool things i discovered and i want to use for myself to to kickstart this new project and actually um yesterday i started sending out the first few emails just asking people and so far it looks good as someone who has been writing a newsletter uh, since last two years 
and especially in a niche area which is in psychology i would love to volunteer and help if there is a, in any way i can yeah i would love to interview you for it <laughs> Great, that, that would be, be perfect yep that will be my first interview as well but we'll see how it goes and uh, definitely we can nice. yeah i will send you an email with the details awesome uh, so yeah let's talk about so obviously you are doing so many things and there must be some real life activities that also go behind the screen uh, some things that are part of your daily lifestyle which does not require screen uh, it, and it could be anything do you have some hobbies or say activities apart from work which you do it could be reading books playing with uh, your pet or could be anything yeah i'm actually got to go to my football training in 10 minutes <laughs> so this is one of my big ones i play a lot of football um i also go to the gym i love reading and these are kind of my big ones i love running i go running all the time we are short on time but i will definitely would like to have another call with you where we can talk about the books what what you love reading and all that oh yeah absolutely so quickly can you tell what are you reading these days oh man this is always a great question because i have no idea i actually got to find my my kindle because i always forget because um the thing is i'm always reading like 10 books at the same time i don't i don't know about you but i'm I always need like 10 books in kind of a rotation and then whatever I feel like I'm going to read it. Some is fiction, some is nonfiction, some is super specific some for the stuff I'm doing. Some is completely outside of my area. And one second, I got to find my, my kid. It's okay if uh, you cannot find it at the moment. We can definitely have another call where we can discuss about so many things that you just talked about reading on a kindle rather than having a physical book reading 10 books at a time uh, than reading one book at a time uh, but so just just one book um, i'm reading right now that is amazing it's the new james altucher book skip the line okay. it's really good i don't, i don't know you know james altucher probably right and he had this kind of weird phase where he started chilling crypto crap whatever but he seems to be over it right now and so recognize that this was kind of a mistake. And yeah, his new book is actually good. I, I like it a lot. And let's see what else I have. This was actually, I'm, I'm listening to it. I have the audiobook, So I just opened Audible on my, on my phone. So, and I, I also have this weird habit of downloading like the Kindle samples right the sample chapters and usually this is enough <laughs> because most books are not very good and it's not right. worth um reading them um beyond that so when i'm now opening like my kindle app i have like i don't know 20 20 um samples before i find like any any re any real book i'm i'm reading right now and most of them are just bookmarked okay this looks interesting let's download the sample and i've actually never looked into it Oh yeah, Nick Grace, the two-hour cocktail party is something I'm reading right now. Very cool, very cool ideas and also very relevant for the whole idea of increasing your luck surface area, right? right. Um, so, is... so you like both fiction and non-fiction or do you have a particular genre? Yeah, I've, I lean very much toward non-fiction. 
Um, I'm just trying to think of the last uh, of, of a good fiction books I was reading. I'm I'm trying it um, again and again, but most fiction uh, kind of sucks <laughs> in my opinion. And obviously, there are a good uh, a good ones, and um, but most uh, most fiction books are very formulaic. If that makes sense, it's kind of like right, these yeah. books, and you don't have to have finish them even. Um, very early already know okay and I, I see where this is going i don't need to continue reading it because almost everyone is using like the same formula this is not very interesting yeah i'm also reading the year of living danishly <laughs> very very fitting because yeah I'm, I'm, i moved to denmark so this is kind of fun okay yeah let's let's do it another time and i'm gonna prepare my my book list <laughs> it's very yeah. messy uh, yeah, we can talk about a lot more things uh, and I look forward to having a chat with you again. Uh, maybe on your podcast or maybe on mine, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, but Jacob, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, the, the talk we had around Lux office area is super profound. I mean, we I can still relook, go back at this conversation again and, you know, I might get some ideas and it can give me some new perspectives uh, as well. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for doing this. And I look forward to having a chat with you again. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. This was really fun.